Hey guys, welcome back to a Slice of Empathy podcast. It's been a minute. It's been almost, uh, I was just looking at the calendar, it's been almost two months since I've come, up with, come out with an episode, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just been difficult. I, as I mentioned in my previous episode, I've uh, been struggling with a lot of burnout and had a lot of things going on, so I just decided this summer to just take an opportunity to just focus on like what we're doing and enjoying the summer and being able to get things done. And you know, it came to my attention that uh, I had a few people ask about, "Oh, when are you going to be putting out your next podcast?" So I was feeling honestly a little guilty. Um, and it's not that I don't want to do it; it's just like things have been crazy and with work and donating plasma on the side and. Um, vacations and whatnot and just like regular life stuff but um yeah so in this episode we're going to kind of get into talking about you know our first few years um really being on our own again in uh sacramento and learning a new area and all of that so in 2015 i believe it was february we rented a one-bedroom apartment that was 825 that had a in-unit washer and dryer and a central ac which is unheard of in the bay area for any of you who may live there um and if they do have it it's considered luxury and it's like probably 2500 a month or more um since i think what was it back in 2015 since 2015 about eight years ago now those same apartments, I think, are probably going close to 2000 now. It's like crazy how much, how much like the costs have gone up in the area uh, since we've since we've moved, since we've been here. And I'm kind of glad that we moved here when we did because now it's not. I feel like it's not too much different than the mayor. It's still like cheaper for sure. Like you know, we uh, were able to buy a house for like a little bit under 400 thousand, which is still a lot compared to like those of you who live in other states and and whatnot where cost of living is so much cheaper right um but yeah so it was actually a pretty nice apartment compared to what we were used to because when we lived in the bay area we were paying like on average 1500 a month and i think like half of the places we lived in didn't have any ac it would get really hot during the summer one place didn't have a dishwasher uh most i think I don't think any of the units had a in-unit uh, washer and dryer, and that was that was the nice thing about moving to where we did. Although, like after living in that complex for like six years, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with renting. And w- there was a point in time we were considering maybe renting a house, um, but with everything like that went on the last couple of years, like at the housing shortage and the housing crisis. Uh, rentals were becoming like really competitive so I'm like okay well that's probably not really an option Um, so then we really started seriously looking at buying a house um, after like 2020 but we'll get there um, in a in a a future episode 
But um, yeah, so we lived in this complex. It was a small, uh, small um, apartment. I think we wanted a larger unit, but that was what was available at the time. So I'm like, okay, let's, if the price is right, um, you know, we weren't making a whole lot of money at that, at that moment in time. So I'm like, okay, well, this fits our budget. And like we, we moved in there and it, it wasn't so bad. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit cramped. I think it was like the size of one of the first apartments we lived at when we first moved out together years ago. So yeah, it was like a little bit cramped because at one point we were, we were living in like a two bedroom apartment that was like a thousand square feet. And this was like 650. It doesn't seem like a huge difference, but yeah, like we, I mean, we had to downsize anyway when we first relocated, but, um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, for the first year or so when we moved up to Sacramento, I think we, we drove back, I think a good, at least once a month, maybe twice a month, uh, for my orthodontic treatment. And we had to go during the week, which made it really difficult with, you know, trying to find a job and, and having to take off time from said job and whatever to go and get the treatment. Cause it's like, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, so what it ended up doing is later on, I ended up having my, I think it was in 2015. I think it had been two and a half years at this point. I ended up having my braces removed a little bit early. Um, it was about like 80, maybe 85% completed. And at that point in time, I'm like, no, I'm done. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to go through having braces again. Like I just, cause that, that was my second time having braces. So I'm like, no, I, I don't want to do this again. And, uh, you know, fast forward several years later, we ended up getting Invisalign cause of the, I wasn't a can candidate for Invisalign. Unfortunately, the second time I had braces because I had some bite issues. Um, but I was able to do Invisalign this last time and it was only for like six months. Um, and so it was, it was a little bit more of a breeze and comparison, um, just because there are a couple of cosmetic issues I was having with my front teeth that I'm like, okay, you know, if I can do Invisalign, you know, we'll see how much it is and, and whatnot. And my, uh, dental with my orthodontia with work is actually pretty decent. I think they covered a good chunk of, uh, my treatment. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, more about that <laughs> a little bit later on. Um, so yeah, early 2015, um, I was working at my job where my the pizza place, I was working 30 hours a week. Um, and it was, the hope was to eventually go full time. And when I first started there, it was, um, like a, uh, like a hybrid, hybrid schedule, um, partially in the office, partially working from home. I, I honestly, looking back at it, I have very bittersweet, um, is it bittersweet? Kind of uh, bittersweet, kind of a love-hate relationship. I have, I still to this day have mixed feelings. Um, like, you know, they gave me a goodbye party and everything and wished me well, but, and I'll, and yeah, I'll, I'll kind of get into why I had mixed feelings about that particular job. There's things I loved about it, things I didn't love so much. And I think, I don't know, maybe that goes for for really any job. Um, but yeah, so I, um, one of my uh, coworkers who later became a good friend of mine, um, was doing social partial, some of the social media at the position and she was going on maternity leave. And the hope was that I would take over for her, uh, when she was out 
Granted, I don't think I was like paid extra or anything like that, which in hindsight, I probably should have because I was taking on additional work. And yeah, so what the hope was is that I would basically succeed her um, when she was on maternity leave. And I think she was kind of moving more into like a PR position and they were looking to maybe offset some of the social media work. So basically, on her maternity leave, I basically took over planning content. And um, I think it went pretty well, but it was kind of like more like they were just seeing like if it was a good fit, like if I'd be good at it kind of thing. Um, but the, here's the real kicker. The thing that really bothered me, one of the um, presidents at the company had brought in his kids to do some of the job functions. And his daughter took over um, the social media uh, piece. And like, you know, I get it. Like, you know, I, if you're in a position to be able to help your kids and give them that like, that start in life to be able to, you know, get experience and whatnot, you know, I, I totally like, I get it. But here I had a bachelor's degree and several years of experience in social media and content marketing and to have and I was I don't know like I was, I was in my like mid 20s at this early mid 20s early 20s mid 20s early to mid 20s at this point and um his daughter was like 16 and I, she wasn't even like graduated from high school yet and he wanted her to take over social media and I think it was kind of like, I don't know if she was getting paid or whatever. It was like an intern thing for her. But yeah, I mean, it's just, there was a lot of nepotism. I think that was one of the things that I did not like. Um, very clicky. And you just, and just kind of felt like you had to, you know, if you didn't like, like everyone there, like you just didn't fit. Or if like you didn't hang out on the weekends together, you didn't fit, you know, and I am very much like someone who like, you know, sure, I love, you know, making and developing relationships with people and at work and, and colleagues and, you know, all of that. But I think what I really like about my current job is it's very much about like the work family life balance. Um, you know, I have a great time when I'm working and with the people I work with, but on my off time, I, you know, I focus on like things outside of work, you know, friends and family and, and whatnot. Not to say that I haven't made some good friends as a result of my workplace, because I have. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that there, yeah, it just felt kind of like very clicky, very high school. If you know, you know. Um, and I think that kind of bothered me. I, I felt like I kind of had to be someone that I wasn't to, like, fit in. Um, and they would have these things like called like pho fridays which you know pho like is like a noodle soup like a vietnamese noodle soup if you don't know um and some of the gals in the office would get together on those like every other friday or something like that and have pho and it was kind of like i felt like it was like it was kind of unspoken like we weren't sure if it was like just them having pho together or if like it was meant for everyone and after a period of time, I kind of started realizing that, like, sometimes people, like, other people in the office were included in Fuff Fridays, and some people weren't. Um, and mostly, that like, this included people in, like, the upper administration and HR and stuff like that having Fuff Fridays because we had a full-size kitchen. 
in the office. Um, so sometimes took part of it, but it was kind of like, oh, like, are the rest of us included? So like, I don't know. It was just kind of, I don't know. Like, it just, I just kind of got the vibe that like, it was mostly just like for them most of the time. Although I will say our company, uh, the CEO, he was really nice. Um, like, I don't have a bad thing to say about him at all. He was always really nice. And I think when, I know, I know like a lot of popular buzzwords when it comes to like working in different types of work environments and some of the like toxic things to be aware of is like oh we're like a family <laughs> you know apparently that could be a red flag when you're applying for different positions and if like the job description is like oh we're like a family like it could kind of um insinuate maybe there's like you know long hours worked or certain expectations and just things like that. Um, but at the time, like, I didn't know this. And I just kind of thought, oh, that's kind of nice. Like, you know, I mean, I feel like there's good and bad. I feel like, like, the owner had, like, offered up, I think, like, his storage where we could store some of our furniture temporarily. Like, things like that. Like, very generous things. He would have holiday parties at his house. He had a very, very, very nice house <laughs> um, that... Um, they would host holiday parties at every single year. Um, and those are really, really cool and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, I think also like when it kind of, I feel like there's just, I feel like you can't advocate for yourself as much if something's bothering you. Similar to like when you're working in an environment um, like I did with a previous position where I felt like there was um, like unprofessionalism and kind of like maybe sexual harassment going on in the workplace. Um, in one of my previous jobs, and I just you, know, you feel like, okay, well, what are my options here? You know, is there like an HR? And there was an HR at this in this company, and I think I did bring up a concern at one point, feeling like, um, I mean, there was things that I learned. I mean, there was things that I, I definitely think helped me grow as a person. I mean, one of which being, you know, not being such a like a, a like a yes person um and not really communicating if I'm confused but maybe I'd look confused or I, they couldn't tell like how I was feeling about something um that manager would tell me he's like oh you know we never really know what you're thinking you always like look the same and I mean it's funny I get people who comment on the fact that like oh, you know, are you always happy? Are you smiling too much? But then I also get people who comment like, oh, you know, you just like basically have a resting poker face. Like, we just don't know what you're thinking. Like, and, and so I'm like, and that's kind of what I felt. I, I just kind of felt like I had to be someone who I just wasn't. I don't know. Like generally I'm, I'm an Enneagram 5, wing 4 for any, any of you guys who do Enneagrams. Um, so my nature is pretty like reserved and quiet. Although once you get to know me, I can be really lively and, and just like have a great time and, um, and all that stuff. But I just, uh, I just, I don't know. I didn't feel like I can entirely be myself. Like, for example, I'm my current position. Like, I like the fact that, you know, I could just walk into my office, say hi to the admins and then just like start working on whatever it is I'm working on. Now, at my previous job, I always just kind of felt like I like I had to talk about like my weekend, everything that went on all the time. And, and I was working earlier 
sometimes so part of it was I in the morning I am not a morning person I was just tired a lot and I just wanted to like kind of wake up um and yeah so and, and that was tough and I think another thing that I look back on now was the fact that when I was working from home I had to use my own computer like I when I went to the office I had a work computer but I didn't have uh, a computer to work at home with and we later on a few months after I started this job they had the software um, that would basically instead of I think I think this was in lieu of like regular timesheets that would basically videotape your screen like throughout the entire duration of when you're working now you can work at odd times or whatever but like if your screen was idle for more than a couple of minutes they bring attention to it you know things like that so I just kind of felt like it was like micromanagement but from like afar um, and they had the same software at um, I forget what the name of it was. They had the same one they use at their computers at the office too. I hated it. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you should be able to trust your employees and what they're doing. I think that was part of the reason why I ended up, like one of the many reasons I decided to move on. I think that the biggest reason was that I was promised full time and it just wasn't happening. Uh, when my coworker came back from maternity leave, um, the, the other gal, the, the, like one of the president's daughters, she started taking over social media. And so I was there for a total of a year and a half. Uh, I was only working 30 hours. I didn't get any vacation time or sick. T- well, I got a California mandated sick time, which I believe is like, like a guaranteed three days of sick time. I'm not sure if it's changed since then, but um, otherwise I wouldn't get sick time I, or vacation time. I didn't have benefits. Um, so, and I wasn't full-time, and I felt like I was underpaid. So those are, like, the top couple of reasons why I ended up having to move on. Because when, initially, I was hoping to go full-time, and maybe I would have stuck around. And um, that wasn't happening. And I am like, okay, I think it was, like, six months in. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm probably just going to have to start looking around. Um, I remember I did get... Um, I got a, I think, a raise six, I think six months or a year in was like a 7% raise. And they basically told me that like, I wasn't going to get that kind of raise again. Um, and I, and I'll just be honest, it was, I was only making like 14 something an hour <laughs> and to be told like, yeah, you know, this is like, this is pretty much it. Like we, you know, it's usually, it's gonna just like going to be 3%, like here on out, you know, like, you know, that basically that's like the only time I'm going to get a 7% raise. And I knew again, like I had a college degree and I just like, I was underpaid and only like not even full time, no benefits or nothing. So I'm like, okay, I got to find, I got to start looking around for something else. And it took me about a year um, of, of like actively applying and looking around for a new opportunity. And I finally found one. Um, with a nonprofit, and it's funny. I remember when they were like having my goodbye party because yeah, you know, again, like there were things I did really like about the job. I mean, um, I think I think every, everyone was just really nice. I just didn't like the nepotism and kind of the like the clicks and things like that uh, that were kind of going on and just uh, 
you know, aside from being like underpaid and all of that. And I remember one of the, um, I don't remember what his title was, but one of the upper administration people was like, I think he was in accounting. He was like, oh, you're going to work for a nonprofit? Like, are you sure you're going to get paid enough? And like, I was like inwardly thinking, I'm like, I'm making like double <laughs> of what I was making there, like it's full time with benefits and, and, and vacation and all of that and like a huge raise. And so that's what I was thinking. Like, I, you know, I, I didn't tell him that, but I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's a really good company. And I, I just left it at that. But like, and I think a lot of people when they hear, oh, you're going to work in a nonprofit, you're not gonna get paid much, da da da. Um, and no, it ended up being a really great opportunity. Fast forward, I've been there over seven years now. Um, so obviously it was, a, it was a great move at the time. And I can't believe it's been so long. And I remember, they invited me to come back to visit, um, but I honestly, I never, I never did. And part of me, I think part, a lot of it was just um, like time, like time, like with my current, where I was currently working and the business hours and, you know, the location of the, like my past job or whatever, it just hadn't really worked out. But I think also part of it was I, because of all these mixed feelings that I kind of have with leaving that job, like I, I just, it wasn't really on my priority list. And I don't know, like some, sometimes I just kind of like, I, I don't know, like, is it out of obligation? Like there's things I really liked about that job. Sure. But I also at the same time don't have any desire really to go back. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I do and I don't. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I've, you know, I've been someone who would go back to previous jobs and visit and say hi to people I worked with. And even when I went to school, like I would go say, you know, hi to past teachers. And it was just kind of, you know, it was cool to just for them to see like how I was doing now and whatnot. But yeah, I, I think to this day, like, and it still crossed my mind. Um, like, like, oh, should I go back and pay a visit? I mean, it's been so many years now. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I guess if it happens to be really convenient, I'm in the area or something, then maybe I will. But they also had, like, white elephant parties that were really fun. There, were, I mean, like, again, there was things that I did really genuinely enjoy. Um, and I may have mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, I'm part of the Yelp Elite program. Um, so I actually connected my previous boss um with our Yelp Elite manager who organizes these events for publicity. And I think um, they ended up, I think, giving me like a gift card, um, like like a small gift card as like for thanks um, for, for being part of the event. But I don't know, other than that, like making the connection, I felt like I wasn't given as much credit as I should have been given for such a big publicity event. Um, I don't even, I don't know if I even was really included in a lot of it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they've given me a gift card later, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I just, I just felt like I wasn't really a big part of it for someone who, um, was like, that was pretty much my idea. Um, but yeah, I, um, there was a, I had, I'd made a good work friend while I was working there. Um, as I said, she was the one who was on maternity leave and was doing kind of like the social media and PR at the time. 
And um, we became good friends because we would go to different locations and do PR and stuff like that. And um, she had ended up, she had ended up later giving me a reference for my uh, my current job. And um, yeah, like I was really thankful for her. And I think shortly after I moved on, I think she had moved away. She had actually been friends with the president of the company. So I feel like a lot of people who worked there were either friends of like some of the higher ups or family members. Um, I think, I don't know, it was probably one of the few exceptions, except for one of the IT guys. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was like something that really bothered us. Like, you know, I understand like it's a good way for your kids to get like experience and whatnot. But for those of us who've like really had to work like really hard to get a degree and experience in order to have these positions. It's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I had, to, I remember when I left and I took my current job, I remember people were like, Oh, are you going to take a week off in between? And like, I, I wish I could have had the means to do that, but like I was already so underpaid. I didn't have vacation time, nothing. And I think my husband had just gotten laid off at his job at that point in time. So I had needed to start this job like yesterday <laughs> at that point. Like I needed to have start, started yesterday. Um, so that was a no-go. And, um, you know, I, I guess I, it kind of bothered me. Like I'd see folks like being able to like go on vacations and trips. And it's just like, oh, yeah, okay can't really do that because I'm so underpaid and I don't get vacation time and it was just really kind of hard to to deal with and now looking back after having been had the opportunity to have traveled since I've been at my current current workplace um I'm like you know I my one regret is not having traveled more when I was younger it just wasn't really an option just for so many different reasons I mean you know, I'm sure you guys can piece it together based on the previous episodes, but like we were just for so many years, we were just struggling to pay rent and go to school and have a part time job. And and so it just wasn't. Yeah, like we were just like trying to like survive. And um, yeah, it just wasn't feasible at that time. Um, yeah, so the full time thing didn't work out and I ended up having to find another job. Um, worked out, though, so everything happens for a reason. Uh, but yeah, my husband had been laid off and then he had started up another job about a month or so into my new job where he was there for about six months. Um, they were super micromanaging. They had cameras everywhere. So like, and he said that it was really hard because there was a lot of times where like, you're just like super bored and there wasn't anything to do. And he's like, well, I, you know, it's like, I, you know, you have cameras watching your back and people micromanaging your calls and all that and fast forward like it ended up not working out I think he ended up quitting because like I think one of the issues was that if you requested time off they wouldn't tell you until like a day or two before said time off which obviously is not realistic to be able to plan anything <laughs> like what if you bought airplane tickets or something that's like not refundable um or you know I don't know there's like visiting relatives or something like that and you need, you just you need to plan ahead and it reminded me so much when he would tell me about it, it would remind me so much of retail and eventually I think he just got to his wits end and he ended up just like he just had to quit like without notice and they gave him a going away party too to his surprise 
Um, cause he's like, he felt like he didn't leave on the best terms. Um, just because he's like, I he just got so frustrated with like being micromanaged and, you know, when you ask for time off, like you'd never know. And the hol- and then like the holidays and your days off, you'd never know. Like this is like for people working in the office, like you're working eight to five, like they're really, that should not be an issue. <laughs> like I can understand, like if you're working in an environment um, that's very fast paced and you, and you need coverage and, and things like that, even like retail, I can understand to a degree, but even then, um, you know, you, you should be able to know your schedule at least a week or two ahead of time, like what your work schedule is. Um, so that became an issue. Um, <laughs> and so the next thing, so this was like six months later. Um, and what he decided to do was do Uber and Lyft full time. Um, and that meant getting, uh, like a, like renting a vehicle or buying a vehicle because I think it had, um, your car had to be four door. It had to be 2004 or newer. I don't know what the standards are today. He doesn't do it anymore. But at that particular period of time, he's like, okay, well, you know, you know, he was just so, and and understandably like disenfranchised with the employment market and the bad experiences. He's like, okay basically going to work for himself. And he did that for a good couple of years. So for about two and a half years, um, he did that full time. And I'll be honest, it was not an easy time for either of us. Like he was overworked and stressed. There was a lot of expenses that came with that. And I remember, um, I think, I don't know if they have this program still, but Uber at one point had a uh, like a rental car program where you could rent a car for specifically for doing Uber. And I think it was, I don't know, depending on how much you did it, it was like, it was pretty expensive though. Like to, it's like 700 bucks a month. And like, depending on how much you make for Uber. I mean, so long story short, I had gone down South uh, for my company. So I was gone for the day. And my husband was looking into that, um, like the rental car program and what ends up happening is I get back and he tells me that like he ended up buying or financing a car like outright and hadn't talked to me about it. And for a lot, for a while, I felt like kind of resentful because I'm like, you know, we're married. This is such a large purchase. This is something that we should have discussed, you know, and, you know, especially he had never done Uber before. He didn't really have an idea of how much he was going to make. Um, I think the car payment, I mean, it does end up, it does end up being cheaper, uh, to like pay a car payment versus paying for the rental program. But still at that point in time, I like, it should have been a discussion. Like I, like I just came home. Oh, I bought a car. Like, Oh, okay. Well, you didn't talk to me about this. I thought you were just renting a car for, to do Uber and Lyft. And, and, um, yeah, so it stayed with me for a while. And about a year later, um, I think my husband had gotten in an accident while doing Uber and Lyft because he would drive to San Francisco and back, um, most days, I think at least seven, no, like at least probably six days a week. Um, and he was gone for probably about like 12 hours a day, like, like very overworked. And, um, that led to a lot of struggles and relationship issues down the way, which I will get to. But, um, yeah. So like, I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, 
like, yeah, that should have been something that we discussed, you know, I mean, that's a huge purchase, you know, <laughs> even though I understand why you're doing it, this was like, that's a huge expense that affects us both, right? And um, so, yeah, like he was, he started doing it full time. And I think he was doing it in the area for a while. And then he started driving down to the Bay Area because that's like, like a big hub. That's where a lot of, um, like, that's like where it was centralized. I mean, it's just not as busy here in Sacramento. Um, he hasn't done it since 2019. So it, it's probably has changed since then. But it was just like where you would get the most business and you'd get paid more. You would have to have a fast track and all that. Um, but yeah, like a lot of that time, I remember, um, over time he'd grown increasingly frustrated because in a way it's sort of like working with retail, like, um, working with the public, you know, I mean, some customers are really nice. Some others were not so nice. And he'd always have stories for me <laughs> on a daily basis. Some not so good and some not so bad. I think one time someone gave him like a hundred dollar tip <laughs> and which is really nice. Um, but yeah, there are also like, there are some people that weren't like, that weren't very nice. Like that would slam your door or like, I don't know, like, or tr like, or get drunk and try to hug him or kiss him or <laughs> things like that. And he, and like, I trusted him and stuff like that. Yeah. He was like openly open with me about that. And just like, some crazy stories. I, you know, I've been thinking about doing like a, like, I don't know, a YouTube about it with him sometime. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. But, um, yeah, so that, that was, uh, yeah, so that was kind of difficult. Um, and so with him doing that, um, mind you, I, I, I may have mentioned in a previous episode that I got my license when I was 22. Um, and I didn't really drive, even at something I got my license, I didn't really drive too much up until this point. Um, and a lot of which was because we only had one car. Um, well, we finally had gotten two cars and in order for my husband to be able to do this, like, that means I would have to be able like to drive around more cause he wasn't going to be, um, around a lot. And, and looking back, I think it was probably something that I needed at that time to grow as a person, like to, to really grow and um, spread my wings, so to speak. Because looking back, I'm like, you know, that was the catalyst for me, you know, being comfortable and even like enjoying like driving now because I had so much anxiety around it. And it really just, yeah, it, it stopped me. And I was in a position to where like, I hardly saw like my husband I hardly saw him I was doing a lot of things by myself um to an extent to which like I got used to but also it was kind of lonely um and yeah it was kind of it was kind of lonely and then like he had of course expenses that would go along with doing Uber and Lyft so uh I think after one of the cars was totaled it was like totally a year later um didn't have gap insurance <laughs> Um, and there's another story with that one as well. <laughs> Didn't have gap insurance, which means he, because of the high mileage on the car, he ended up owing like 12 grand um, after the insurance paid out the value of the car. So I ended up owing money. And thankfully, we were able to write that off because that vehicle was primarily used for business. Um, but yeah, it really kind of sucked. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, like 
yeah, it was pretty much, yeah, it was a total loss. And, um, let's see. Yeah, it was just a major shift for us. And you'd work long hours. Um, and yeah, and I think around this point, I had learned of my, my friend who worked at my previous job. Uh, she had moved away to help her, her husband, who I think his mom uh, was sick. And about, I don't know, like a, a year or so later, my, I, I came to learn, I think through Facebook, and we had a couple of mutual friends that she had passed away through from medical complications. And to this day, like, I still wonder, like, what happened? And I know it's not like not something that's socially appropriate or acceptable to ask, but she was like only in her early 30s. And just all of a sudden, one day she went to the doctor or went to the hospital for something. And then because of complications, she passed away. And this was back in 2017, like six years ago. And looking back, I'm like, I still don't know what happened. But um, I I just, it was, that was, that was kind of, it was rough. Um, it's still to this day, like I, I, she just had a really good impact on my life. And she vouched for me, helped me, you know, get my current position and all that. And we stayed friends even after I left my previous position. And yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, that was difficult. Um, and it was like around that time, just like, <laughs> um, that I felt like everything was just becoming so, so, so stressful. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to probably leave us there because we are, let's see, we're almost at 40 minutes. And I said, I'd probably keep this episode to about 30 minutes. Um, so I think I'm going to leave you guys with that because there's a lot more coming and I feel like I can articulate that better in the next episode. But um, I love hearing your guys' feedback and I'm, you know, I make, it just warms my heart knowing that you guys look forward to these podcasts because sometimes I'm like, you know, I get that imposter syndrome. I, I don't know, like, how are people, hopefully people are enjoying this and stuff, right? Um, but yeah, I love hearing your guys' feedback and, and thoughts and I appreciate you guys sticking with me and listening <laughs> through my rambles. Um, but yeah, guys, um, hopefully I will see you or um, you'll hear from me soon. Uh, within the next couple weeks, I'm going to be headed off to Minneapolis for an X-Files convention. So this podcast may go up, hopefully before it, uh, by the end of the month. I think the last day of the month is on Friday. So hopefully that's going to go up. And yeah, the following week I'll be in Minneapolis um, for an X-Files convention. Super excited about that. Been a long time coming. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, take care and I will see you guys in my next podcast. Bye. Thank you.